0: news is rock Spain.
1: Juan Carlos, the former Spanish king, is going into exile. Today, we're bringing you the story of a fallen hero. Former King Juan Carlos is being
0: investigated in Spain and Switzerland over allegations of bribery.
1: A king without a crown. He was tarnished by scandals, including a luxury
2: safari trip which involved shooting elephants during Spain's economic crisis in 2012.
1: Juan Carlos I, or Juan Carlos I, was the king of Spain for almost 40 years. He was loved and respected, known as the king who gave power back to his people and brought democracy to a country that was under dictatorship for almost four decades. But in the last 10 years, his popularity has plummeted following multiple scandals. I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. Last March, news broke that millions of dollars were placed in private accounts in Switzerland, allegedly from Saudi Arabia. The beneficiaries were two Spanish royals, current King Felipe VI and his father, the former King Juan Carlos I. For Felipe, this was the final straw in a long line of his father's scandals. He immediately cut his father's stipend and renounced his own inheritance. In this episode, we'll discuss how the former king, who was once considered a hero, has now become highly toxic to the royal house in Spain. Recording is going. All right, fantastic. Why don't you tell me your name and what you do?
0: My name is Ana Romero. I am a journalist and a writer.
1: Ana Romero has covered the monarchy for years, and she wrote two books about Juan Carlos I. So we got on a call with her from her apartment in the very busy downtown Madrid. What can you tell me about Juan Carlos I and what he meant to the people of Spain?
0: Juan Carlos I is an enormous figure in my country. He was the head of state for nearly 40 years. And the people used to love him, respect him, admire him. And he was, and is probably, one of the biggest historic figures in Spain's transition from dictatorship to democracy in 1975.
1: That would be the dictatorship of General Francisco Franco, who had ruled Spain since the 1930s. In 1975, before Franco died, he restored the monarchy and gave all power to Juan Carlos I. Franco had been grooming Juan Carlos to take over. And he could have continued being a
0: dictatorial king, but he chose to give people the power back. If he had insisted in keeping all of Franco's power, we would have gone into another civil war. So he enabled a a peaceful transition from dictatorship to democracy.
1: For those of us who aren't up on our Spanish history, how bad were things under Franco?
0: It was long. Franco ruled Spain for 40 years.
2: This was the spectacular parade through the broad streets of Madrid, celebrating the day of victory for the fascist troops of General Franco in the Civil War. The victory that he won with the aid of Germany.
0: I mean, we were out of the Western world. It was just boring and (laughs) very religious and very straightforward. And you were not allowed to speak freely and you weren't allowed to vote. So it was a strange
2: country.
1: So I imagine then Spain under Juan Carlos I must have been a welcome change for so many people. Absolutely. He
0: transformed the country the second half of the 70s after Franco died. People couldn't believe it. I mean, you started having tourists and ladies wearing bikinis and freedom uh, was there again. It was beautiful. We became part of Europe and part of the world.
1: Under Juan Carlos and his wife, Queen Sofia, Spain went through three glorious decades. It became a big tourist destination in Europe and even hosted the Olympics. But as the king started getting older... He started to change. Basically, what happened is that at the end of the last decade,
0: his personal life started deteriorating badly. Some people say maybe he got bored of being a hero. He just got fed up and he said, Look, this is my time now. I'm going to enjoy life. What did he start doing? Well, he started behaving in a way that monarchs cannot behave. He's been known for being quite a ladies' man. And I would say not only was it known, but it was accepted because this is a Latin country and this is the south of Europe and it was kind of okay. But it started becoming notorious. And at the same time, he started becoming very detached from his job. I think those two situations were the beginning of the end, around 2010. And the most graphic moment that, of course, we all remember is the terribly infamous occasion of the um, elephant hunting in Botswana, April 13, 2012. 40,000 euro elephant hunting trip in Botswana. Spaniards,
1: mired in recession and unemployment, were less than sympathetic. This hunting trip made headlines not just in Spain, but around the world. It was right in the middle of the worst economic crisis in Spain's recent history.
2: Spain's economy sank deeper into recession at the end of 2012. The monarch was on safari while the nation was on its knees economically.
1: And this wasn't a solo hunting trip. He was with his mistress and the whole entire
0: country found out and knew about it. And we were in the middle of this terrible economic crisis. Like we are now in this pandemic and we're all kind of heavy hearted. We are, we're going through a lot. Well, in 2012, we were going through an enormous lot and he was away, away from his country, hunting elephants with his mistress. And people were so disappointed.
1: With his popularity plummeting, Juan Carlos I tried to protect the Crown from his scandals. He decided to abdicate in 2014.
2: My only ambition was, and always will be, to contribute to the welfare, progress and liberty of all Spanish people. But fast forward to
1: 2020, And he's back in the news with yet more allegations. This time, corruption.
0: Juan Carlos is being investigated in Spain and Switzerland over allegations of bribery. The
1: late King Abdullah of Saudi Arabia is alleged to have given Juan Carlos a gift of around $100 in exchange for backing a business deal. The former king allegedly received $100 million from the late Saudi king Abdullah as a gift for the role he played in a Spanish deal to build a high-speed rail between the Saudi cities of Mecca and Medina. It was the most lucrative contract Spain has ever had.
0: The information that we know is that in 2008, he opened a bank account in Switzerland with the $100 million. Now, some people claim it was a present from the King of Saudi Arabia to King Juan Carlos. Others maintain that it was a commission
1: that he received. The Supreme Court in Spain has launched a preliminary investigation into his involvement in the deal. But Switzerland is officially investigating the situation
2: rey de España Juan Carlos I se va del país the former king of Spain says that he will no longer live in that country de nuestro país
1: soon after the news broke the former king left Spain without revealing his final destination weeks later Spain's royal household announced he was in the United Arab Emirates there's one big hitch Juan Carlos accepted the money while he was still king, and the Spanish constitution gives him immunity up to the point he abdicated. And that complicates any investigation.
0: Legally, he's not charged with anything. The Spanish police is not looking for him in Abu Dhabi. He can stay there.
1: Why do you think that he picked the UAE?
0: Well, he's got a historically strong relationship with the Arabian Peninsula since he was a prince, since day one. I've seen him, I mean, I've traveled with him there and I've seen him interact and he really gets on very well with the leaders there. It's amazing, I mean, you can tell that he's comfortable, that they like each other. It was a risky decision, I would say, because of Saudi Arabia, so to choose to go there to go to the Emirates, to the Arabian Peninsula, with that uh, elephant in the room. I don't know if it has been a very smart move.
1: Now, of those $100 million, a big chunk did not stay in Juan Carlos's bank account. $65 million went to his lover, a woman who's become infamous in Spain, Karina Larsen, a German-Danish businesswoman. Karina Larsen met
0: uh, the king. When he was 66 years old, she was 39. They met in a hunting estate in Spain. She became really his last mistress. I mean, she became a person very, very close to him. And that went on for a long time. And that, from my point of view, was very negative for the last years of Juan Carlos Primero because it contributed to him distancing himself from the job. It really did. And some people believe that it could have turned into a marriage.
2: She was the person that receives his money in order for him to use it.
1: We wanted to know more details about how the alleged money operation between Juan Carlos and his mistress went down.
2: My name is Álvaro de Cosar. I am the director and writer of a podcast called X-Ray that tells uh, the story of King Juan Carlos. We reached
1: out to Álvaro Di Cosar, an investigative journalist who spent over a year interviewing more than 40 people for his podcast.
2: What I say is our hypothesis. It's based on information and the people that we have met to do this podcast. This is our theory in the podcast is that Juan Carlos was earning all that money from commissions, apparently illegal commissions, from the construction of trains in Mecca and things like that. Apparently he received all that money from the Arabs because he wanted to have like some kind of gold retirement. He wanted to be with Corina, he wanted to divorce from the Spanish queen So what does he do at that moment? He starts to earn more money. But that implies also that Corina takes care of him when he's retired. And apparently she doesn't want to do that. So she receives the money from him because she's the figured head. Then Juan Carlos, when everything is a scandal after the hunting in Botswana, Juan Carlos says, okay, can you give me my money back? And then is when Corina apparently says, no, sorry, you gave me this as a present. So all the fight between Corina and Juan Carlos is a question of money. And that's all.
1: After reconstructing the puzzle of the life of Juan Carlos I beyond what people saw from afar, Alvaro understands his significance, but also the disappointment the former king has generated in his people.
2: I think Spaniards made a symbol of Juan Carlos. He was a symbol of democracy and consensus. He was a man that that made possible uh, peace between uh, the right and the left. So I think Spaniards have been grateful for what he did. But then when they have discovered in the recent years that he was having some kind of dark business and, apparently, uh, a double life, then is when I think Spaniards had decided to, to throw away the statue. And if you place the statue on a very high pedestal, then the sound of the fall uh, will be tremendous.
1: To really understand what's happening with Juan Carlos now, it helps to understand what happened in his past.
2: So his first 18 years of life looks like a Shakespeare plot.
1: The former king of Spain was born in exile in Italy. Then, at only eight years old, his family left him at a boarding school in Switzerland.
2: He grew up without knowing a single word of Spanish. His life at that time is the life of a very lonely boy.
1: But when he turned 10, General Francisco Franco intervened. He wanted Juan Carlos to go to school in Spain. The young royal became a political chip between the dictator and his father.
2: The worst thing is when he is 18 years old and he kills his little brother of 14 years old accidentally when they were playing with a gun. And that is obviously a tragedy in the family and something that marked his life forever. I, I think that being a king or a queen must be something very difficult. It is a life where you lose your freedom and the right every human being has to make mistakes. So I guess that Juan Carlos since he arrived into Spain he was fighting for the power, but at the same time, he was always trying to run away from his duty, going with another women, escaping from the men in charge of the royal house. I guess in some way he has uh, managed to escape forever. He always wanted the freedom, the freedom of an old guy. On the other hand, the price of that freedom Well, I'm sure he's not happy with that, because he has lost all the prestige he had.
1: With one scandal after another, it has many Spaniards questioning the monarchy itself. So what's its future? Alvaro talked to many people with direct relationships with the crown. So we asked him.
2: I think this is affecting the monarchy, obviously. First of all, it's impossible to to separate the human from the crown. I guess there is a generation that don't see the, the, the crown as something useful. At least not something useful to unite this difficult country, Spain is. In some way, monarchy is something very anachronistic. It's something from the past that sometimes... I cannot see in a global world, in a global world where nations may be less important. But maybe if kings and queens learn to be like pieces of a museum, maybe people would like to see something from the past in them.
1: With an investigation going on in Switzerland, and the possibility of another starting in Spain, Juan Carlos I's lawyer has said he will be willing to come back and cooperate. But how are the Spaniards feeling about all of this? What are the people thinking? We went back to Ana and asked her. Of course, the Spanish people are appalled.
2: I think it's an escape. He's fleeing. He should be judged like a normal person.
0: We think it's terrible because this person has done a lot for Spain with his dark and bright moments, but he has done more good than harm. I mean, can you imagine to have to see these figures in in the paper and to think, what are all this bunch of rich people doing with all this money?
1: Do you think that the allegations themselves are enough to have people rethinking constitutional immunity for heads of state. Do you think that that is something that in future could be revoked, removed? Personally, I
0: think it should, because the way what we're seeing now constitutionally, you can protect the king politically, but not personally. Uh, It is right to have the head of state protected by the government and uh, nothing of what he does can be liable being taken to the courts. That is, I think everybody understands that, and that makes sense. But obviously, if the king kills somebody, he has to be treated like anybody else. And that's what the Supreme Court is now trying to decide, whether, how far does this constitutional protection will go. But the reason why constitutionally, it is so difficult to change things is because once you start moving a constitution around, the more doors open that politicians do not want to open.
1: What do you see the future of the monarchy being in Spain? And do you think Spain might be closer to just becoming a republic, full stop? Not now.
0: And I would say no for two reasons. One, because the numbers, the supporters of the Republic don't have enough people in parliament. Even if the numbers were there politically, I would say that at this very moment, the majority of the Spaniards still believe that the monarchy is useful in this country because we're so different and we've got different cultures and different languages, and different weathers and we are a little bit like Jordan or Morocco or even the Arabian Peninsula with different tribes, we need a unifying figure. I think the monarchy has a future only if Felipe VI is able to be the king of all these different people, like his father did in the 70s. You know, he needs to be the king for the communists, for the Catalans, for the extreme right, for for basically... All of
1: us. And that's the take. This episode was produced by Ney Alvarez with Nikin Oliai, Alexandra Locke, Dina Kispe, Oniwohacha, Brian Katilbe, Amy Walters, and me, Malika Bilal. Alex Roldan was the sound designer. Natalia Aldana is our engagement producer. Cece Samuel is the take's executive producer, and Graylin Brashier is Al Jazeera's head of audio. Special thanks to Borja Ichabaria If you haven't subscribed to the show yet, go to this episode's description. You'll find extra information about the topic and also our social media handles. Get in touch. And for more, just go to aljazeera.com slash the take. We'll be back.